Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, joining me once again this week, it's Stepin' Stefan. How's it going mate? Yeah, not too bad. Um, you know, life the usual, nothing exciting. Um, yeah, all right. Tottenham won a game of football. That's always weird. I know, right? It's um, it's news to us. But well, it's, yeah. it's nice. It's it's a strange feeling. I'm, I'm not quite sure how to process it really. No. <laughs> um, you know, but I, I'm I'm kind of when I saw the FA Cup lineup and I saw the sheer amount of changes. I gotta admit, I did fear the worst. I yeah, it was, it was one of those kind of oh, he's made too many. We the thing is, he because he always seems to play the same eleven kind of every week. Yeah, I always now have this fear of just how up to match speed are the rest of them. Yeah, like if he drops yeah. in like Oliver Skip, a player who I think is a fantastic player. Yeah, but he's getting no game time at all. If he suddenly drops Skip into the middle of a midfield battle, mm. like you know. Is he going to be up to speed to deal with it, or is he going to make no, himself you're, you're... look like he's not up to speed, and then it's going to be like, yeah. oh, get rid of him, he's useless, sell, sell him. Yeah. Well, or my favourite actually... line, right. he only passed sideways. Oh, don't. Let's that's, that's not bring up the... Hey, <laughs> did, you see, did you see Harry Winks is now back from injury playing for Sampdoria? He is, he's made an appearance. Yeah, and, and he's days. brilliant. Like Santoria fans all over social media just sharing videos of his of his performance. It was... Yeah, it was really nice to see. Um, yeah, really nice to see. I really hope he continue playing for the rest of the season. And you know what happens. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think he, I think he needs a permanent deal somewhere. But and just to see him playing football like that again was really nice. Yeah, it was one of those ones. Of, I noticed it was his birthday yesterday, mm. day before, from recording this. Yeah. And Tottenham official put out a happy birthday, Winksy. Yeah. Holy crap! I hope the kid didn't see it. Yeah, it's horrible, man. Oh, um, all the comments underneath it, and you're like, Jesus Christ, it's a birthday post. Come on. Yeah, oh, no. Why don't you move? Why are you still here? You don't even follow us on Instagram. Oh. No, people suck. Um, the biggest kickoff is the fact he doesn't follow Tottenham on Instagram anymore, apparently. That was a I, real I, big bugbear to people. Yeah, well. I don't no, follow I don't my don't. wife on Instagram. Like, you know, Jesus. Oh, you should. She posted some very tasteful nudes. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on that and on that note, um, I'm so glad she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I'll be off that Christmas card list in a hurry. <laughs> um, so obviously we did win in the FA Cup, which is great. Um, I don't think there's a lot to talk about from that. I mean, we didn't really. The main thing that I enjoyed about it was we controlled the game from start to finish, even with that massive amount of changes. Yes. And I know it's lower league opposition, so you would expect that. But with those changes and with the FA Cup, sometimes you can end up in a real dogfight. And I felt like that never happened. And it was a nice feeling to watch us control the game. Do you know what was even nicer feeling? What? was Sonny looking like he knows how to play football again. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, do you think man. Our, I was you think so happy. Theory, do you think our theory is correct then? That all he needs is like someone pressing him. Like we sign... This new guy who comes in, so we lose Bergwijn, Sonny's form plummets. We sign a guy is is like competition for him, and all of a sudden he scores two and looks great again. Yeah, 
It was like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm and Dan Juma, of course, boy. comes off the bench and scores. So what a debut! Yeah, yeah, it could be worse. So, so kind of parking that. We were just talking about Winksy. Yeah, sorry. And someone, um, someone on Twitter, and I, and for a life of me, I can't remember who it was. And I went trying to, I like scrolled back, but seriously, people tweet a lot, man. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, I was trying to find it, but I couldn't. So, if you're listening to this and hey, that was me, then apologies, I'm not name checking you. But basically pointed out like the players that are out on loan from us at the moment, which are players that the manager's looked at and has gone, no, not for me. Mm-hmm. But are out on loan and are returning in the summer. Yeah. So you've got Tangi Undombele. Who should be a world-class midfielder. Yeah. Giovanni Lachelso. Who should be a world-class midfielder. Yeah. Sergio Regulon. Who should be a world-class left-back. Uh, Harry Winks. Who at one point was touted as the next big thing for England as a central midfielder, and Pep Guardiola yeah. wanted him. Yep. Uh, Joe Roden. Yep. <laughs> and now you can His add. His brother's to that. not very good at gambling. <laughs> no, no. Now you can add to that Brian Hill and Jed Spence. Both upcoming um, potentials. Yep. The one I'm kind of leaving off is Destiny Udogi because obviously we've signed him. He's remained on looking forward to coming in. Yeah. Um, but that's what's that? One, two, three, four. I, I think based on everything I've read, Jed Spence isn't dead at the club. Isn't the manager doesn't fancy him? Just doesn't believe he's consistent enough in training and wants the kid to improve. So the loan appears to be a genuine loan of look, go get games, go try and find this consistency, and then we'll look again in the summer. Yeah. Um, which I don't mind for a player of that age and having signed no. a player to be in his direct competition, I'm yeah. not too against that, if I'm honest. No. I would have preferred so, it to be a premiership club, but... Um, I, I think the big issue with that is, from everything I've read, is every Premier League team wanted an option to buy him, which yeah. which is fine, but it's actually kind of nice that the player himself went, no, I'm not leaving. No, I'm... You know, I, I, I can make it here. Yep. Um... And well, also, an issue, wouldn't it, really, for yeah, and and also it would appear that he had a choice between a couple of teams of where to go, and he chose uh, where he is at Rennes because of a guarantee of game time because both of their right backs have both got injured. Yes. So it was a case of no, if I go there, I'm going to get games. Kind of smart um, thinking. So he turned down Atletico Madrid. Yes, which then led to the whole Matt Doherty thing, which, which we'll get on to. to. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so what's that? Tangi, Gio, Sergio. Uh, I'm probably going to include Hill in this. I think his relationship with the club is now dead. And Winksy. Uh, and Roden. So that's six players who the club tried to sell last summer or tried to move on, if you like. Yep. And Or tried to move on now and have been unable to. And they're all back this summer. Yes. Um, it feels to me like we're in this kind of catch 22 now of we're just stuck with them um until we lower our expectations now in the past we've talked a lot about daniel levy um and we talked a little bit about uh me and you i think touched on it last week it feels a little bit or me and matt definitely have in the past a bit like his ego he doesn't want to see a player leave you know oh i can i can get a few million for him do you know what I mean? It's, it's like... Yeah. It drives you. 
Which again leads us to the Matt Doherty that we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> yeah, 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 but it does feel like with that, that felt like a real wow. We never do stuff like that. Yeah, that was actually a little bit ruthless. Um, but then, unfortunately, it's then come out. It was due to a massive cock up, which yeah, um, yeah, disappointing. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things I've promised for this podcast for a long time is I'd stop talking for non-stop and do the questions first because mm. 99% of the time I get to the questions and I'm like, oh, I've already answered about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, and I always feel bad about it. So we are going to uh, go to the fan questions. Um, we're going to do it right now. Now it's time for your comments from our social media. Okay, mate, do you want to go... Insta. Um, or work Instagram first. Or you always want to go Instagram first, okay. Well, the lovely and delightful Laura um, sent me across a few things, so let me take a look okay. to see what we got here. So first up, we have uh, uh, Chris... Uh, see, Chris, I, I butcher your name, and I'm so sorry. It's V-D-L-Y. Chris Vidley. Do I do I drop the V? Is it Chris Lee? Uh, mate, sorry. He says, <laughs> Hi team, now that we have secured, finally secured Poro, next season we will have two solid wingbacks in Poro and Udogi. The next position for us fans to whinge about will no doubt be centre-back, the left centre-back and a goalkeeper. Being a realist, who would you like to see come, in, come and take our defence to a Premier League winning standard? See, that's the difficult thing, because he says realist, and then take our defence to a Premier League winning standard. Yeah, that's like trying to get two positive parts of a magnet to touch each yeah. other. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. See, there's a defender who I've always wanted us to sign, yeah. but I know we never will. Who's that? John Stones. No, I don't. Yeah, I know. I don't he, he'll never that, come. I mean. He'll never come to us. But he's the sort of defender that I think he could come in. And really make a difference. Yeah, you put him in the centre of a three with a Romero type and a similar to the left of him, then yeah, definitely. A ball but playing a, defender in that role. Yeah, because at City, he's kind of like a... He's in and out the squad, in and out the squad because of how good their centre-backs are. With us, yeah, until, until injury... Starter. Until injury this season, he's been pretty much a mainstay, though. He's been very good. Yeah, and so this season he's been in and out. and yeah, But no, that'll never happen. But, um, oh, I don't know. I mean, I know the two defenders that I'd love to see us sign, okay? And I don't think we'd have a chance. Maybe with one of them, but I don't think we'd have a chance. Um, it's the South Korean defender we were linked with in the past, nicknamed the oh, Monster. The beat, oh, the beast or the monster, that's it, yeah. Um, and also, because you see him, he went to Turkey when we should have signed him, but he went to Turkey and he did very well. And then he got signed by an Italian side, and he's probably one of the best defenders in Serie A right now. He's phenomenal. Mm. Um, I'd put him in the centre, and then ideally, <laughs> and this is where everyone laughs, I'd sign Vardial, and to be the left centre back. Um, yeah. And that's about that's about a hundred million on those two, by the way. Um... <laughs> yeah, the, that, the young Croatian. That... I I think he is very specially talented. Like you he look is. at him at the World Cup and stuff, and 
it's not going to be long until one of the big boys. No, he he walks into any defense. Like literally, I look around some of the best teams in the world. Um, I look at the players they've got there, and I look at it, and I still think that guy upgrades them. I mean, he's only twenty-two. Yeah. So if you were going to spend massive, massive money on a player, you want him to be at that age, really. You know, if you're going to drop serious coin, I mean, the, the, the sort of figures being thrown around is like eighty million. Now, if <laughs> yeah, there's zero chance we have that ambition, unfortunately. But I'm just sort of saying it, you know, how I'd ideally like to do this. Yeah. That is who I'd like. Um, that is the player I'd pick. Now, the goalkeeper position, I, I think, is a great debate. I mean, me and you had it a little bit where you'd say go for Henderson. I said go for Pickford because I, I think we were both of an agreement that signing a, a English homegrown goalkeeper mm-hmm. really, really helps the squad in terms yeah. of... Your squad building, and those two are probably the standouts. Um, Man United and Henderson still seem to be a little bit, whether there's a future there, I don't know. Um, and Pickford seems to be a player that would leave Everton. I think this summer he's got a year left on his deal. They're now, a lot of that. Let's well, a lot it. of it's going to depend. Yeah, a lot of it's going to depend on what happens with Everton. I mean, I really like Sean Dyche, mm-hmm. and I genuinely believe he'll keep them up um, it won't I, I be pretty he's... but he'll keep them up yeah yeah now if he does keep them up that obviously becomes a little bit harder to get him but at the same time with a year left on his deal with Everton's financial issues if the player himself says yeah I'd like to go um, yeah. but yeah. then it all comes down to where we are at that point because yeah. Champions League football will dictate massively you know, uh, who who will want to join. Um, looking at the table, looking at the, the form and stuff, it's going to be a hell of an ask this season for us, I fear. Yeah, um, I, I don't you know, see Hugo being our number one next season either, so that's a potential for any keeper coming in to take over as the number one goalkeeper instead of being yeah, a no, keeper no, he It's you know. not. I mean, he, he his form, unfortunately... He's even said it himself in an interview that he's struggling for the same levels of concentration post the World Cup. He mm. feels mentally fatigued, um, and, and I, I kind of get that. I mean, he's he's at the end. Of, you know, he's he's retired from international football now. He's the most capped player of France of all time. The guy still pulls off some incredible saves. Don't get me wrong, but it is that the every difference game, between yeah every game he makes a fantastic save. Yeah. And then does something that makes your face palm. You're like, well, what's going on? Yeah, it's just... The, the problem is, is you get into that situation where the defenders start to lose confidence. And when that happens, it's a calamity back there. Because they're yeah. they're dropping deeper because they're worried about the keeper not coming or coming or coming and getting it completely wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's, it's just a psychological thing. It's like no one back there is going, hey, you know, we don't rate Hugo anymore. But in your head, it's like, oof, he keeps making these mistakes, right? We yeah, need to... Don't pass it back to the keeper. He might not get it right. I've got nothing yeah, to pass it to. What do I do? Oh, I've lost the ball. You know, yeah. you, you, just, you just get into this, you're second-guessing yourself kind of thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that's interesting. That's interesting for us to keep an eye on. But I think, I mean, there, there was a lot of journalists who have very good um, insight with the, with the football club. Yeah. And those journalists, uh, they're worth following because... Going into the January transfer window, those journalists were saying what we're hearing from the club is there's only two positions they're focusing on. Another forward to provide competition to Sonny. Yep. 
and a right wing back. And the window's finished, and that is what the club has done. So yeah. you you look at that and you go, okay, right. So from us from the outside, we're kind of like, ah, oh, we wanted ten more players. <laughs> yeah. But the club have gone, no, in this window, that is our focus, and that's what they've gone and done. Now, from our point of view, we're then looking at, okay, well, the summer is the the bigger window. You know, it's the one where the bigger deals get done. And these same journalists are now saying the focus for the summer window is goalkeeper, two defenders, and a striker. And a striker? So, yeah. See, that worries me when they say and a striker. Well, we've got Kane and Richie. We all know it's coming, buddy. So next one from Instagram is Manor Black Sioux Tens. Definitely. I'm definitely yep. saying that wrong. Say we won the FA Cup this season. Do you think that would that would rather keep Harry or would it be more likely his bring forward his exit as he'd feel like mission accomplished? And he'd go off and win some league titles somewhere else. Uh, great podcast. Not a fan of the TV show episode. Stick to Spurs. Clues in the name. Yeah. So that was a dig. Um, so basically, uh, this week there was an issue where I upload. I, I, me and Stefan have <laughs> another podcast. Yeah. Where we talk about films, TV, stuff like that. And we got two channels, obviously, that I run: Spurs News. The the other one's called the Stuff and Things Podcast. And I uploaded the Stuff and Things podcast to the Spurs News Channel. Now, once I realised that, I was like, ah, damn it, that's took me 25 minutes. (laughs) That's annoying. I deleted it. However, iTunes and their infinite wisdom went, nah, nah, that's that's fine. You've uploaded it. You can't delete it. You've got to leave it out there for 24 hours. And then when I went to upload it to the correct channel, it didn't work. And then when I've gone to upload, oh, it was an absolute nightmare. So it's fixed now, but thank you for the level of sarcasm I've received. Um, <laughs> do I think it would keep Harry, or do I think, uh, to be honest with you, um, this is a debate I've had for a couple of seasons now. Of Kane is desperate to win a trophy at Spurs, but yeah. does that then mean that he turns around and goes, "I've done it. I won a trophy at my boyhood club. Right, Here... City. Let's go. Let's win some leagues." I think or, I think there's know? two I think there's two big factors with Harry Kane this summer. One is the ability to win something at Tottenham is is on his mind. Yeah. If we do achieve that this season, he does lift the trophy, then that is a good feeling factor of we've won one, maybe I can do some more. The second aspect is people talk about him going abroad and just picking up trophies. He doesn't want to do that. No. Harry wants to break the all time goal scoring record which he should be able to break and keep for all of the five minutes before Haaland does it like <laughs> a week later. Yeah. But in in reality, that's why the problem from Tottenham's point of view is they know he's not going abroad. Like this summer, if Harry turns around and says, you know what, I'm not signing a new deal, I'm leaving. Yeah. The club can only sell him to, because he'll only go to another English team. Yeah. We would obviously like to offer him to everyone in Spain, Germany, everyone. But everyone, he but it. the Premiership. See, the problem is, yeah. look, looking at finances and everything else, yeah. and the way the last two windows have gone, the only yeah. clubs I really see going in for him are United and Chelsea. Yep. yep. And, and this is where God, this is where the thing is. So, so you look at you look at uh, Man City. Man City tried for Kane. Yep. Couldn't agree a deal. 
So they went and signed Erling Haaland. Haaland and they also Alvarez. signed yeah. for the same money that they were going to spend on Kane. They got Alvarez as well. They are set now. You know that position is filled. They are buying. They went and bought other English talent to keep their homegrown quota, and you know. So Man City, I think they're looking more at their wing back, full backs now. Mm-hmm. I think Carl Walker is on his way. They've just got rid of Cancelo. Yeah, that's where they're looking. Um, Man United absolutely want Kane. Mm-hmm. They are one hundred percent in for him. He is the player they want in the summer. Their marquee signing. Uh, we all know that Liverpool are just Jude Bellingham, Jude Bellingham. We yeah. must sign Jude Bellingham. That's so when he goes about. to Real Madrid, they're going to be pissed. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, if I was him, I'd pers- <laughs> You know, this is a genuine thing. If I was him, I would stay abroad. Because he is, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the best English talents we've got. Look what happened with Sancho. Yeah, don't ruin himself by coming to the Premier League. Yeah, don't, don't come here and have that level of scrutiny, press and crap. If he's got a chance to go to one of the Spanish giants, go there. Just yeah. go there and stay away from all this nonsense and enjoy your career. You're going to get picked for England. Trust me, you're that damn good. Yes. Um, but anyway, that's that's a side note. Um, so it is realistically, like you just said, two teams that can come in for Kane this summer, and it's Chelsea and Man United. Now... Uh, part of me would like to say that Harry Kane would never play for Chelsea. I'm also fully aware that Jimmy Greaves did. Yeah. <laughs> There's and kind of a synergy there, which is a little bit painful. If you were to um, put Harry Kane in a Chelsea squad, that is like mm. the one player that Chelsea that showed last night against them, Fulham. The yeah. one player Chelsea are missing is a Harry Kane yeah. up front to bang the goals in. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, oh, and they, it would destroy me. Oh, they they dominate. I mean, and we've seen them that they'll just keep spending. They don't care. You know, they'll they'll just keep throwing money. I've realised what they're doing. What they're doing is they're building so such a squad now that yeah. when the FFP comes in and bans them for like two transfer windows again, they yeah. don't care because they've already brought every talent available. <laughs> they can go like three well, or four years without buying a player because they've brought. 35 players and they don't care now it's fine no it's bad but the thing is like you can only register so many for yeah. squads so, so and the best bit is they brought in 6 or 7 players yeah. they were only allowed to register 3 of those for their Champions League squad because you're yeah. only allowed to make 3 changes yeah. <laughs> I'm like yeah, yeah I've got the Chelsea to play in Champions League oh I'm playing in the FA Cup okay yeah I'm playing in the League Cup if I'm honest yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah it is, it is weird. I, I don't fully get it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the Kane situation, I think if we win the FA Cup, we've got a much better chance of him staying, personally. I don't think he'd look at that as mission accomplished. But I think the bigger factor is in what's happening with the manager. Um, yeah. Because Conte is a guy who is driven to win, and that's how Kane sees himself. That's why Kane liked Jose. Yeah. That's why he didn't like Nunu. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yes, I did say that differently because I can't say it the other way because I don't have the jingle. <laughs> so he, I think, I think if we have a strong end to the season, I mean, yes, please lift the FA Cup. I think you'd see uh, a more a more determined version of him want to stay, smash the Premier League goal scoring record with us, with a view of lifting more trophies with us. Yeah. 
I, I fear if we whimper out at the end of the season like we have done in the past, uh, you know, end the season like eight for something like that, um, with Conte leaving, I think he's just going to look at it and go, no, I've given this club, you know, all my best years, really. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go. So that's what I'm prepared for anyway. Uh, we also have, from the wonderful thing at Instagram, David Kane, hopefully no relation, says, Hey Sam, Matt, and now Stefan, let's be honest, the standard of defending this year has been nowhere near good enough. It baffles me to sign in Juma. Is he better than Lucas or Hill? It looks like Paro deal's done, but why haven't we pushed for maybe one or two centre-backs? We don't really need Dan Juma to sit on the bench looking at Sonny doing F all. <laughs> Third highest scoring team in the league at the moment. We need players to keep goals out. Romero is the only player we have back there and it looks like he's at a level. Um, why can't the board, Conte, Levy see that we need defenders? Um, it's a valid point, but at the same time, the, the January window is a weird one. Um, so, for example, if you're going to sign a player to upgrade, like signing Dan Juma is a deal that kind of makes sense because he can provide competition. It is a loan deal, but he can provide competition. And we've all seen that Sonny clearly needs that. Yep. <laughs> Um, and and he can come in, and if anyone who's looked at our benches the last few weeks, we've had no attacking player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, We've had no attacking option on the bench because Richarlison's been injured, Lucas has been injured. Now, ironically, those guys are now coming back, which is great. It's going to give us a load more options, but you're only ever two injuries away from needing Dan Juma. So that's why he was brought in. So So that's one thing. With regards to the defenders, if you want to upgrade from the defenders we have, it is very simple for all of us as fans to go, we are crap, <laughs> um, so therefore surely there's upgrades everywhere. Yeah. It's not really true. It's not really... Because like Davinson Sanchez, I want to give this example, Davinson Sanchez could be sold to club in Italy, club in Spain, uh, Holland, uh, lots and lots of leagues, Germany... And Davinson Sanchez will start getting in team of the years. Mm-hmm. People will rave about him. If you look at him, he has got all of the attributes of a top defender. The one thing he lacks, and unfortunately the Premier League is evil for, is he can switch off slightly. Yeah, and the Premier League because, level. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in the Premier League, the pace of the league and the pace of some of the players, that is deadly. And once you do that a couple of times, teams target you. Because they're like, oh, keep going at him. We all remember. I remember Jose Mourinho in charge of Man United playing against Ajax with Davinson Sanchez, and they're all being leaked that he was like target him, target him because he will switch off. Must and have then we signed him really for like. Awkward. Yeah, I know, and that must have been like a, such a fun reunion in training that day. Yeah, but we we do have this situation where teams will do that, and that's what's happened. But I swear, you'll go to another team, and everyone will look at it and go, wow. How how how? Where was that guy? Where was that? Yeah, bloke he goes he goes back to Holland or to Italy, where the league is mm. a bit more technical and a bit slower. Yeah, he's going to look phenomenal again. Yeah, he, he really will, and and it, and it's frustrating to to know that. But the reality is, so to do an upgrade, you need to look at a player who's going to be in English football, an upgrade. So you're looking at players perhaps already playing in the Premier League. Or players at leagues abroad that are at such a level that they could play anywhere, you know, like the Vardy I talked about. Yeah. 
that guy, you, you any league in the world, he's going to look standout. But then that's serious money. But forget the serious money for a moment. Clubs aren't going to want to let a player like that go in January. No. Because you're going to look at your midway through a season, you're fighting for trophies and everything like that. You're not yeah, going to want to let that player go. No, you're not going to let yourself weaker in the middle of a season. No. Uh, and because you want to have the time to replace them. So, for example, if Vardial lets his club know, look, yeah, I want to go in the summer, they are already thinking to themselves, okay, we need to find our our new version of this guy. Yeah, who's replacing him? Yeah. Yeah. And and you've got the summer to do it. You know, there's no major tournament this summer at long last. So you've got the time to sit down, to work out, to get it done. Yeah. The thing that we don't do well, in my opinion, is we don't pre-plan windows. And what I mean by that is you can do deals outside of transfer windows and then they happen during the window. Yep. I have never known us do that. No. And there's no reason why we shouldn't. Like, we as a club should be on for Vardial players like that and get ahead of everybody and be of the opinion of, look, we want to secure this deal for this player in the summer. Yep. You know... Uh, every you, you know everyone's going to be going for him. What is your price? Because we want to play it. We want to talk to the player. We want we want to convince him that we're his destination. Now, if you do that and the player and the agent goes, nah, we want to wait to the summer because we think Barcelona or we think whoever's going to come in for us, then you go, right, Yeah. we got to move on then. Yeah. But at least you know now. <laughs> um, and, and you can Instead of us waiting until the 28th of August. Yeah, and that's and that's where I feel like we we really let ourselves down massively. They're just the, uh, and I don't understand why that is. Like it doesn't make logical sense to me. Um, so so that's so that's that kind of thing. So in the January window, you are going to pounce on any opportunity to upgrade. So if a player like that does become available in January, which is rare, then I do believe we would have made a move for him. But yeah. at the same time. You know whether we we would have been priced out is is a whole other discussion. Yeah. But we also have to move defenders on. So looking back there, you've got Lenglet on loan. So obviously he leaves at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, ben Davis, Eric Dyer, uh, Cutie Romero. Um, you've got Sanchez and Tanganga. Mm-hmm. Um, of those players, Tanganga is club trained and homegrown, which really helps with the Champions League squad. Yep. Um, you know, Dyer isn't classed as homegrown because he came through the system in Portugal. Um, but like at the start of the season, was playing very well. Unfortunately, that that's really dipped off. Uh, Sanchez, I think, is at a point where we all just agree it's time for him to find a new club because. After all this time and all these different managers, all these different systems, it's just never worked for him. If, if he's still on the bench after five managers, that means that's kind of where he's going to stay. So exactly, go find yeah. a club where you can play every week. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I think, I mean, I said it last year. Uh, personally, I felt it was time for Ben Davis to find a new club. But it's about it's about upgrading. See, it's Davis about is finding... my problem. See, I love Davis. I don't have an issue. You see, don't get me wrong. I like Dyer. I like Davis. Yeah. I like Sanchez. This isn't. This is just a um, an acceptance that we are conceding too many goals. Yeah, it's having to take, and, always take the heart out of it and look at it purely as these are the stats. These are the facts. Yeah, these guys need to go. 
For me, selling yeah. Ben Davis is going to be awful for me because I think he's been such a great pl- person for the club. Yeah. Seeing him go is going to suck. But yeah, at the same I mean, time, I... looking at it logically, it's a case of, right, he's not a youngster anymore. And yeah. it's time to get... He's not... We're playing him as a left centre-back. He was a left-back. We need to yeah. upgrade to an actual left centre-back. Yeah. But it's going to suck to see him go. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's that's the way it is though, isn't it, man? I mean, yeah. I, I'm still caught up about it not working out with Delhi. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, and it's like I, I see still... a lot of Eric Dyer as well. So I'm like, if Eric Dyer is not going to find the standard that he was at beginning yeah. of this season, yeah, then yeah, do he needs we, to move on as well? Do we and again, that's another player. I'm like, but it's Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer is top of the hospital. Like, you know, he's yeah. There are there are other there are players there, and I'll stand by this with Dyer. You put Dyer in a different system, different coach. Like Dyer goes to Everton. Dyer plays every week, and people rave about him. Yeah, I I know this sounds I know that sounds silly, but we're we're talking about Premier League quality players, and we as a club are trying to focus on Champions League quality players because we want to be that we want to go that step that next step up. Yeah, yeah, and and also players under different managers and different systems can look completely different. Oh, yeah. Uh, best example I can ever give, me and you talked about it before, Morgan Schneiderlin. Southampton, yes. under Pochettino, that bloke had a set role and people talked about him as the best defensive midfielder ever in the history of ever. Look at him, he's amazing. Club spent big money on him and he's been appalling. Yeah. Everywhere he's gone. Went you know, to the United, guy's career. Work, went to Everton, no. hasn't worked. No. No, he's now playing in France. He his career peaked under Pochettino at Southampton, alongside Wanyama. Both of those players, without Pochettino's tactical mm. positional, like this is what you have to do. Yeah, vanished, and and that kind of happens with some players, especially in the modern game. Uh, we had a coach on here some time ago, um, Mr. Brooks, who talked a lot about in the modern game players now you don't really get mavericks you don't really get players who like come on and do stuff they are very rare because coaches prefer to go right you are my right back this is what you do you do not do this you do not do that this is what you do and like control them like they got a joystick up their ass and they're playing fifa you yeah. know you go, just to, just to just make you laugh um morgan snyderling is now playing yeah. for the western sydney wanderers in league a on loan from nice Oh, that is how far well, he go. dropped after changing systems. There you go. Um, so uh, hopefully I've answered that question. Uh, next one, or this isn't a question. This is Jake Bennett seventeen says. I actually quite enjoyed that chat about the Last of Us. I'll be subscribing to that podcast as well. <laughs> Thank you, Jake, and welcome. Brilliant. This was not a clever marketing plan. I assure you, really this was me cocking up. <laughs> Uh, Churso says, hi guys, not sure if it was meant or not, but the last episode uploaded to Spurs News was a podcast all about the Last of Us TV show. Yep. Yep. Sorry about that. That was, that was me. Um, I love the fact that everyone's like, we're going to tell him though. We're going to tell him and let him know just in case. Yeah. And the last one is from Hoskigram82 says, what do you guys think of the answers to the supporters trust questions? Have you seen those? I've seen bits of it. I've not gone into detail on it. I've been very busy, but I have seen bits of it. Yeah. And so there, there's a couple of lines in there that make you go, hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah. The yeah, supporters trust were right. The questions they asked seem to have been the spot on questions that all the fans are thinking of. 
And yeah, it seems I mean, like the club gave the normal kind of, no, no, we are looking at the future and we are trying to make sure we're sustainable and the same answers we get every year. Yeah, I... The, the, pro- the problem is the trust obviously try and compile the information from members and try to put forward like these are the questions we want to kind of answer and the club are always just going to bat them back politics style yeah. you are never going to get unfortunately from Tottenham under this administration you're not going to get any straight answers and to a certain extent uh, you're, you wouldn't expect to on certain things but I, the thing that I don't like is the fact that there's no dialogue. Um, this is where the the tr- and this is no fault of theirs at all. They they do amazing work, but it's the case of you can't have this kind of back and forth with it. It's like we've asked these questions. The club have issued a statement in response. That's the end of it. Um, like for me, for example, I would like to ask a question on the lines of why is it with our transfer policy, do we never do a deal outside of the window? We were talking about it a minute ago. Yeah. There's a question. Because there's no rule against it. We see other clubs do it. Why is it we we don't do that? Is it an ethical thing? We don't think that's the right thing to do? Could you just clarify that? Yeah, there's clubs that have already signed players in the summer before the January window opens. Yeah, I mean, we were, um, we were just talking about Chelsea a yeah. minute ago. They've got two more players joining them in the summer. Deals they've already done now. And that was done in like October, November time, before the January yeah. window opens. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, is, which is mad. So... It's a case of why, why don't we do that? You know, why, why is it our recruitment always appears to be last minute? Um, you know, uh, the club don't like the view that we as fans think they don't spend, and they keep putting these stats forward. Like, look, look at all the money we've spent. You know, we spent two hundred million, then we spent three hundred. We as a fan base aren't looking at that, saying we don't think you don't spend money. We see players get signed. That's fine. Yeah. What we are what we are pointing out is we are a financial behemoth. Your financial results show that we are up there with the biggest, richest clubs in football, and yet we spend like we are a mid table Premier League team. Yeah. So you're saying we spent two hundred million in the summer window, that's massive. And we're looking at our the teams we like to think of as rivals who are spending that level of money on a couple of players yeah. and still going. Yeah. And and it's you know you if you treat Chelsea as a bit of a anomaly even. Yeah. The, the other teams that are around us have like uh, for example uh Liverpool we talked about before. They needed the best goalkeeper they could get in that position. They spent the money to get him. They needed a central defender. They spent the money to get him. Yep. And then they went and won the Champions League and the Premier League. Yeah. Tottenham were in a position of strength under Pochettino with a great team that were just right there and we went three windows without a signing. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely two. It feels like it was like there was one signing and a third or something. But And that was them telling us we don't need signings because there was no way that squad didn't need like one or two no. players to push us. No. Like we've, uh, we've both said like if Wilfred Zaha had signed that year we would have beaten yeah. Leeds, uh, Leicester to the title. I, I, yeah. I genuinely believe that. I'll always believe that because he is the he a type of player he is is the difference between a win and a draw or a loss and a draw. You know he yeah. is that ability to get a goal out of nothing or create something out of nothing. Even if so, it's just he runs down the wing, gets fouled, and you've now got a good set yeah. piece. He's got that ability to do something. Yeah. You know? 
And if you if you think back to that team that year, Kane was in goal scoring form of his life. Ericsson was just a set piece genius. Yeah. You get a Zaha creating that space for them. You, you're yeah. So I don't want to dwell too much on that. It still hurts. <laughs> so I I it's not you know it's not about everything. Sort of gets put into this kind of generalized kind of thing, which is like, see, we do spend. Look at all the money we dropped on these players. And no one ever gets into the kind of, yeah, appreciate that, but look around. You, what you are doing is not abnormal. You are not doing, you are basically doing what every team in the Premier League is doing and not as well. Yeah. Like, you know, like you look, yeah. Um, you look at some of the team's recruitment in the Premier League. I mean, the best example we can give is Brighton. Brighton sell player after player after player to all of these clubs in the Premier League and they just keep coming. They don't get weaker, no. No, they recruit well and they just keep coming. Now, that is a slightly different model to a lot of teams because they are looking at sustainability in the Premier League and, you know, long-term financial... Because that's where Brighton are. They're they're fairly new to the big time. Yeah. So that's where they are. And then then their next phase will be kicking on to European football and trying to stay there. Yeah. We're at a phase where we are trying to be a Champions League trophy-winning team. That's what everyone says is the phase we're at. And yet we continue to act like we're trying to push from mid-table. And that's where the questions need to be. But I don't feel like you're ever going to be able to do that because the board just, you know, brush you aside. Yep. Um, so there we go. Uh, okay, so that is everything from Instagram. So now we head over to Facebook. Uh, first up, Michael Jasper Annis says, question in honour of super sub, Stepin Stefan. Hey! Who is your favourite impact sub? Mine is the foe in his second spell. He would come on and just snatch a late goal, or that's how I remember it anyway, through rose-tinted glasses. <laughs> so for you, who is your favourite impact sub? Super Pav. Roman Pavliachinko. Always going to be Super Pav. He's one of my favourite players to have ever played for the club. For no apparent no, reason. Pav. Absolutely not. Like, looking, at, uh, looking at the guy, he was no Berbatov, he was no Harry Kane... But there was nah, just something can... about that lad. Yeah, yeah, I, I loved Super tapping. Pav as well. Nah, I don't want those thirty-yard screamer in the top corner whilst not looking. Go on then. You know, yeah, it was brilliant. Super Pav was great. Um, okay, so Sean Palmetter says, watching the Pedro Porro deal fall through over a few million while other teams overspend on players this month is infuriating. It just proves the point Matt was making a few weeks ago about how Levy, how Levy cares more about the business side rather than winning. Do you think he has valid reasons for not pulling the trigger on this deal, or is he just stubborn, cheap ass and lets his pride get in the way? And then he also wrote, "Okay, looks like that deal's happening now." But my question, <laughs> so my question possibly doesn't hold up. Lol. Um, the reason why I've still read it, Sean, is one, haha. Um, two. Now this is an interesting thing. Okay. Yeah. Everyone who I trust and reliably bring information tells me that that deal was dead. Yeah. When that 11th hour thing happened, the deal was off. And the person who then got involved and saved it was Daniel Levy. This is what annoys me so much about Daniel Levy, because 
there's been a few times now where things like this have come out yeah. and it's Daniel Levy that has literally come in and gone, no, come on, we want this guy or we want to sell this guy, let's make this happen. When it when it and comes like, oh. to when it comes to thinking outside of the box, when it comes to how can we make this deal happen so everybody's happy, I don't think there are many better. Now, this is conjecture based on uh, stuff I've read from people I trust, okay? But it would appear that there was a clause in Pedro Porro's deal around sell-on fee, and that lessens year on year. Yep. So, at the last minute, Sporting basically said, you either pay up this extra money, which covers our loss from this fee, or he doesn't go anywhere till the summer. Now, the player at the 11th hour is pissed, yeah. because he wants to move. He's made his decision, his family's already, he's ready to sign. So, he is now pissed and doesn't go to training. Uh, the clubs say, oh, yeah, permission, whatever. Yeah. He didn't go to training because he's basically pushing everything he's got to leave. The agent gets on the horn to Tottenham and goes, this is where the issue is. Yep. Now, up until this point, the agent's representatives have been negotiating the deal on Tottenham's behalf. Because Paratici couldn't. There's a side story. That's not in Italy, though, is it? No, but <laughs> let's just say there are reasons. Yeah. Um, so, at the 11th hour, now Daniel Levy takes over. He goes in and he basically says to them... Let's find a way. Let's find a way. The player wants to come to us now. We want him now. We've met your asking price. How about we loan him now with a loan fee of X with an obligation, so not a clause, not an option, we an obligation must buy him. Yep. that we must buy him in the summer. And once it goes past a certain date in the summer, which just so happens when his loan expires, <laughs> the clause for the amount that they'll have to pay on the Man City is greatly reduced. Lo and behold, the deal's done and he was on his way to us. It so, makes me happy that it's against Man City as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Man City are thinking that right ahead of we playing them. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of issues with Daniel Levy, but what I want to often get across on this podcast is I am not Levy in, I'm not Levy out. I will try and call situations and call things as they are. Yeah. But the reality on that deal is it would not have happened. It would have fallen through without him stepping in. Yeah. So for everyone who's been, oh, bloody hell, Levy dragging his feet, everything, he wasn't involved in it. He was the one who got it done. Ironically, neither so, was our director of football. <laughs> yeah, no comment. That's just, um, a, I mean, I don't know what's more of a shit show at the moment. The fact that our director of football isn't really getting involved in the football stuff, or the fact that the club can't count to eight. I really don't know what's more of a show at the moment. No, 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 no comment. So, <laughs> Bob Rayner says, who made the mistake regarding Matt Doherty? Hey. <laughs> I.e., either not knowing FIFA rules on players out on loan, or not knowing how many players were already out on loan, causing us to lose any transfer fee available, loan fee, etc. And how in the hell are they going to keep their jobs? Um, who individually responsible, I do not know. And of course, the club are never going to announce that. I do know that this falls under Paratici's remit. He is the footballing director. He oh, is the dear. person <laughs> in charge of all of this. Now, some might think perhaps he was distracted by certain other things that have gone on. Uh, but the harsh reality of this situation is... 
from what I am told, is we agreed a deal for him to go on loan to Atletico Madrid. Mm-hmm. The player went, oh, wow, totally blindsided. Genuinely was told by the club we weren't selling him and then turned around and said, yeah, we've agreed this deal. So he's gone, oh, well, you know, great opportunity to go to it's Spain. Atletico Madrid as well. Like, If there's many yeah. clubs as a defender, like especially mm-hmm. as a defender, yeah. you get the opportunity to go. You've only got to look so, at Kieran Trippier. Yeah, so he's obviously been talked into and he's gone. Yeah. He's on the plane, told his family. His family are like, oh, well, we're moving to Madrid then. Okay, right. <laughs> Woo! Which is no, like, people always forget the human side of transfers. Like, this guy walks in one day and literally gets told, yeah, you're going to Madrid. Oh, well, I live in London. Yeah. <laughs> the commute's going to be a bit. My, my kid um, is at so, school in London. Yeah. E- exactly. So all of that had to happen. He had to convince his family that this is going to be great for us. You know, this is going to be a wonderful experience. <laughs> Everyone's on board. He gets there. He does his medical. He's ready to sign. And then he gets a phone call. Yeah, hold on. Uh, we got a bit of an admin issue. You might have to come back. So having the missus talked into all of that, everything has happened, he was well within his rights via his agent to go, nah, no, that's not happening. I have not just gone through all of this in the last 24 odd hours for you just to turn around and go, yeah, there's been an admin error. No, it's not happening. I believe a sentence along the lines of "Here's my middle finger, you know what to do with it." Yeah. Was probably yeah. Rearrange this well-known phrase or saying, "Off, oh, fuck yourself, go." Yeah. Um. So he was there, and the club then had a decision to make. Now they obviously went to Atletico Madrid and go, "Want to buy him?" Like Atletico went, "No, not really. <laughs> Got no money." Yeah. Uh, um. We will give you a fiver. Um. But it would appear that there was a bit of a deal struck along the lines of, "Hey." You want him, uh, we need him off our books. Um, we, if we terminate his contract mutually, um, he can then sign for you, you know, for free, and, and you've got him. Um, whatever contract you then want to agree with him, that's fine. Atletico said yes, and apparently there's been some sort of handshakes over, hey, we like each other. As clubs, we should do business more often. Um, and a bit of, a, you know, cigars and paella time. Uh whether that actually ever comes to anything. I remember us having a special relationship with Real Madrid, which was basically every year they'd look at our best player and go, we'll have him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Mental, mental. So that was that. Uh, Michael Joseph said, obviously Levy is a penny pincher, so I'm curious to know what our wage bill is for players out on loan. Mostly just the ones we can't seem to get rid of. <laughs> um Levy is a penny pincher. Uh, again, I think it's important to point out that the loans, the negotiations, the contracts, all now falls under Paratici. So, yes, we all blame Levy for everything, but the the most, all the recent stuff, football inside, is, is Paratici. And there's a man um, that's it, not covering himself in glory at the moment, so... No, no. Some say fraud, some say accused, some say... Uh, alleged. I have to use the word alleged yeah. um, fraud. Yeah. Or I'm or I'm in trouble. Yeah. So he, <laughs> the players, every individual loan is different. Mm. The only one I know that we're not getting a hundred percent of the wages covered are La Chelso and Undombele. Um, but I believe the loan fees more than balance that out. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is sort of like hundred percent fees and small. Smaller loan yeah. fees. So I read this morning about Ndombele that apparently Ndombele is uh, Napoli are not overly interested 
in no, no interest at all. He's going to win um, the Serie A title at Napoli and then be sent back. I, I Mental. Yeah, uh, I personally think that when they send him back, we're just going to go, yeah, let's rip up your contract, mate. Go find a club for free. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I really wouldn't. Okay, Mark Corder says, after 22 years of Enoch and Levy, when do you think the club will be a footballing success story? Um, when they sell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know, Mark. I'd love to say to you next week, but um, it feels it feels very difficult. It feels very difficult with their model to to compete, and with Newcastle now with the financial power to do everything that they want, it's becoming more and more difficult to stay within that top four bracket. You know, the big six becomes the big seven. Um, Everton are looking for a new buyer, and there's a there's a lot of rumours that basically they're about to get bought by another quadrillionaire, oh, um, and then that becomes the big eight. You know, <laughs> the Premier so, League has always been one of the toughest and most unpredictable leagues, and it's yeah. just getting more and more so. <laughs> like it, it is, and it is, and and it makes me laugh that um in that response to the trust, the club are pointing to these tighter FFP restrictions coming in, just like the FFP rules have done such a wonderful job in the past of levelling the playing field. It's horseshit. Remember, remember we, that we time made yeah, the rules. That time that Chelsea got banned from transfers and they brought through their youth players and got better. Like it, it didn't yeah, but, challenge yeah, but, them at all. It's like these rules Yeah are but rubbing. the irony was they were banned because they were breaking rules about youth recruitment. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. so the, the like surely this is not lost on anyone that that group of players they brought through this cluster of players was the reason they got banned yeah they literally were going around the country throwing money at these young players all the best talent they could find throwing them into their academy and don't get me wrong they had to be trained they had to be brought through and they had to hit levels and the loans had to be right but they did that yeah but the reason they were banned and then the reason why they managed to maintain the sort of level during that time was because of that. It was, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, FFP, um, not the greatest rule in the world anyway, but yeah. No, it's horseshit. You only got to look at the fact that um, PSG, uh, Man City, for example, the whole stadium sponsorships and stuff by their owners' companies. Yeah. You're telling me that's not dodgy? You're telling that's... me that, like, oh... To stay under FFP rules this year, we need an extra eight hundred million. Oh, in that case, uh, that's how much we sold the stadium rights for this year. Cha-ching. Yeah, was it that's PSG is running at one hundred and eleven percent? One hundred and eleven percent of their mm. turnover is wages. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And you're Wait and you're minute. supposed <laughs> and you're supposed to be uh, under FFP. You're supposed to be no higher than like sixty yeah, percent. Yeah, and I'm like, like you're eleven percent over your income. Yeah. Is your, uh, as a business yeah. model, that's not right. No, <laughs> as no, the FFP no, no, no. states, that's not right. But no. doesn't matter. Don't worry. But nothing. Yeah. No, nothing ever happens. Uh, Tom Perk says, "Interesting to see Spence go to the same club as Joe Roden. How is Roden getting on? Does he have a long-term future at the club?" Um, Roden is doing okay. Um, he's played quite well. He had a. He had a bit of a sticky time of it initially, and he was getting slated quite oh, a lot just, by their fans. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's turned it around. He's playing quite well now, consistently. But I don't think he has a future at Tottenham. I think, I think Joe Roden is a player who will be finding a new club in the summer. Um, yeah. Dean Bernard says, with Man United and Newcastle doing well at the moment, top four is going to make it a lot harder. 
if we don't make top four, how do you think it will impact potential targets in the summer? Adding to that, the uncertainty around Conte and Kane. Um, Champions League football is a massive draw for, for players. Um, it shouldn't be underestimated because there is an element of going to a side to win trophies and then there's also an element of going to a side to play against the best in the world and to test yourself. Yep. And that is that is the Champions League. So uh, the financial aspect, even outside of the Champions League, we have the financial clout to pay the top wages and to sign the players. But the Champions League is this kind of, you know, are we going to be able to offer that? Uh, it's so difficult. And also players looking at coming into England know that the Premier League in itself is a kind of top, top league. Yes. So you do have Premier League draw to foreign players, but players within the Premier League to take them from a side who might feel that they're your competition. Champions League is what you need. Yeah. So... If we are looking to recruit from the Premier League, definitely. If we're looking to recruit from around the world, people will look at that and go, well, you know, Tottenham, top stadium, top ground, top facilities, top players, top manager, um, and they're playing in one of the top leagues. They are one of so many teams who are always going to be up there fighting. Yeah, it's a good shot. Yeah. I think you've only got to, again, look at, look at the Liverpool and Chelsea of this season where they yeah. are in the league and they're still I mean, yeah. Chelsea are still just buying anyone they'll just throw money at them but Liverpool are still yeah. being linked to really big lane players yeah. chances yeah, are yeah. those two are not getting Champions League next season so they're having to no, go abroad it, no they, they, they won't and they're bringing they are, the they are in, in a position yeah they're in a position now where they're almost if they accept where they are they're just going to stay out of Europe altogether for a season and watch the pair of bastards dominate next year without that extra game. The midweek game freedom, yeah. Yeah. Um, the issues around Conte and Kane are massive for recruitment. That's that's no joke. Yeah. You listen to players who join us, and they, they often will say, you know, the chance to come here and play alongside Harry Kane. Yeah. The chance to come here and play, along, play under this manager. If you get to the point where Conte isn't going to sign a new deal and we have got to find somebody else, whoever we find has to be at a level where the where the players and any potential players feel confident that you are still going forward. And there's not... Many, um, like, don't get me wrong, I am not Conte's biggest fan. Um, I um, haven't been since he joined us and all these kind of devery things and the, oh, I'm going to leave after the Burnley game last season it has done nothing to kind of wow me about this guy. However, yeah. in terms of pure pedigree and success as a manager... There's not many out there. Like, we're going to have to bring in Carlo Ancelotti or Pep Guardiola sort of thing to kind yeah. of match what we've got at the moment. And I don't see Ancelotti joining Spurs in the summer. And I don't see no. Pep leaving Man City in the summer. So all of a sudden, it's kind of like, right, who is out there as a manager of the pedigree of Conte? Yeah. We've tried, we've tried Mourinho, that didn't work. No, yeah. <laughs> no, it didn't. There's not many um, left. We, no, I mean, uh, to keep the fans on side, I think Pochettino's the only one you could possibly bring in where we won't be ready to just burn the board at the stakes on day one. Yeah. Uh, however, at the same time, I don't think he carries the, the weight of a Conte or someone no. like that. He's got a personal uh, attachment to Kane, which could be the only way we keep Kane, is that personal attachment. Yeah. But... Knowing us, we're going to sign the manager of some League One 
club because oh he's, he's a young Englishman he's got the potential to be a fantastic manager yeah well whoever's in charge of Southampton's normally our go to um, <laughs> hey, Scott Kinsey yeah. <laughs> yeah Scott Kinsey Nielsen says and this is a long one so personally I'd like to know what plans Levy has in store for the future of the club no stadium naming rights as of yet the stadium has been open a few years now which seems strange Manager's future is up in the air. Have we got funds available to keep adding strength to the first 11 in the summer? Not squad players. Out on loan players, as in Gio, Undombele, Gil, Regulon, Winks, are they just loans with no obligation to buy? I mean, what's going to happen there? Um, I mean, he goes on. <laughs> uh, we have a loaded, bloated squad come June the 1st, so we won't be able to sign anyone until these players have left. It seems like a complete shambles. Also, Kulisevsky and Poro deals are only made permanent in the summer. Does that come from the summer budget, or is that money put aside? So many questions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where to start? Um, okay. So let's let's start by addressing uh, Kulisevsky and Poro. They are loan deals. They both get triggered in the summer to become permanent transfers. At that point, we do not splash all that money. So we are not putting down 45 million quid in one go. It becomes installments. And so it goes on to our books from the summer as installments. So you're looking at about uh, 7.5 million for Poro and probably about 5 million initial installments for Kulisevsky. So that's what will come out of the budget in the summer. A lot of people often overlook that so so please keep that in mind um when it comes to the players and the obligation loans we, we've already discussed that so hopefully we've answered that for you the stadium naming rights uh, that keeps coming up and i keep just drawing a blank i genuinely don't know the trust asked the question and the trust got a bit of an interesting response actually on this which was we have to find the right partner for the club but until we do our club name is on one of the greatest venues in world in the world and it is kind of true like yeah. i have friends in america who said hey like my team are playing at the tottenham hotspur stadium that's your that's your club you follow in there i'm like yeah yeah it is and like oh beyonce is now doing three dates yeah at the tottenham hotspur stadium unfortunately i've looked into it she can't play left back ah. so i tried but these these events, these money-making things, everything, is what is paying for the stadium. Yep. So I see people get really irritated. Oh, there used to be a football club over there. I get that. I get how you feel. I get at the moment you're annoyed. But that Beyonce, those three nights for Beyonce, it literally covers all the stadium, everything, for a year. Now, everything else just pays for the stadium. All the loans, everything. Oh, saw, the cost of building that arena is done. I saw on Twitter, someone put a response to this. So, I think it was the Beyonce thing was announced and someone underneath it put, oh, yeah, the same sort of thing. Oh, great. I remember when a football club used to have that stadium. Yeah. And someone put underneath it, imagine you've just been offered the chance to live in this absolute massive mansion. Yeah. However, once a week, you've got to let a school football team train at the back of your garden. Yeah. And that pays for you to live in this massive mansion. You're going to say yes or you're going to say no? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that hits the nail on the head, doesn't it, really? Well, well, we... I, well I say it. I mean, you, you look at the events that they're putting on now and it's only growing. Yeah. Because as the reputation for the arena 
grows, the more and more like there's boxing. There's there's talk of the UFC coming over and the UFC using the stadium. There's talk of the WWE wrestling coming over and using the stadium for a pay per view. Yep. Now these events on their own, basically these these people hire the stadium, and one of the things they get or don't get, if you like. Is all the facilities within it, all the bars, everything like that, are owned by Tottenham. Yeah. All of this, all of this stuff that's taken in, like every game day, we make a fortune. Every event, did they we say make like a the bars make about a million pound per match? Yeah, every home game. Yeah, every home game, just the bars. Yeah. Mental. So you got you got to look at this and go. I mean, I understand that. Where's that money? Why aren't I seeing that invested in the team? That is a valid, valid question, and I think that is something that every single fan should query, and when the accounts are published soon, should be looking at that, just to say, okay, so where is this money going? Because Enix's thing all along, and it is true, is they have never taken money out of the club. The club self-funds. They bought it, and they've built it and managed it, so it self-funds. Which, as a business model, is phenomenal. Well, for, for them as an investment is... I mean, they bought the club for two hundred odd million pound, mate. They're going to sell it for over two billion. Yeah. Like as they're, a they're, purely as and, a business model, and, and they've wow. put no money in. Yeah. You know they they've put what a hundred million in last one hundred and fifty million, and that was like a bond issue. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so they yeah they're they're more than laughing now when it comes to um, what happens with that money and everything. In my mind. It is paying down the stadium debt, which means that all of the football revenue is not used for that. All of the football revenue is used to pay wages. It is used for football and stuff. Now, when the stadium debt's clear, that's the interesting point. Now, this is like 10 years down the line, by the way. But this is just from my point of view as an interesting thing, because what happens then? <laughs> all of a sudden, you get a crap load more money. Well, yeah, but does, but like, does that... Does that become football club revenue or is that Tottenham Hotspur PLC revenue? Like, I'd love to ask that question. Like, what is the goal then? Yeah. Like, what happens then? So, if you're Enoch and you're, you're, you know, are you then going to say, oh, we are taking money out of the club now and it's, and it's this. Like, every time we have an event, that's ours. Football, that's all football. That's all football. But it, that interests me. That, that kind of, because that would speak to me on a, are we ambitious as a football team or are we ambitious as a business? Because mm-hmm. as a business, we're kicking ass. Yeah. As a football team, we're kind of middling. And again, in this response to the trust, they were like, oh, when we took over, we were relegation fighting, bottom mid-table at best, and now we're always up there fighting for trophies in Europe. That's true. Mm-hmm. That cannot be denied. That is a transition. But in 20-some years, we've won one trophy which is the leanest we've ever been in our club's history. I can't believe you, now you can... the Audi Cup that easily. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> yes, the Peace Cup as well. I shat on them both I and I feel awful for it. But but that is, that's, no, that's the truth. Yeah. And so as, as a fan base, we look at it and go, football has changed. In the 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah, you signed players and stuff, but it was about... You could cultivate a team. A team that won the league one year might not necessarily be in the top five the next year because teams all developed and were coached. And there was so much more on that. 80s into the 90s, it was similar. But then the 2000s, money talked. Roman Abramovich changed the game. 
and in doing so we as a club have never really changed we have never we've never changed our model we've just come you know just keep swimming just keep swimming hopefully we'll win something just keep swimming and uh, you know yeah okay fine but as a fan we want to we want to win stuff we want to be successful we want to support a good football team and it's to me as a fan it is not the be all and end all and i've said it before but that's what we all want yeah and we want to enjoy it we want to be a fan of something we can all be proud of like i said as a business slaying it <laughs> you look at you look at the business acumen of this club wow yeah and that kind of moves me on to the next question is from Dirk van der Merve, who says, please discuss this. This will be worse than Arsenal's Visit Rwanda sponsorship. Now, uh, this is a difficult one for me. Um, so, it would appear that our sh- uh, shirt sleeve sponsor, Cinch, is up at the end of the season. Yeah. And we have replaced that deal with a kind of like Visit South Africa, with South Africa tourism uh, deal. Yeah, I've heard about this, yeah. Um, the two two key points to that is one from a club point of view financially it's much better than the cinch deal um, so more money happy yay. days yeah um, from a uh, South Africa point of view the South African nation are pissed they do not want to see their public money spent on sponsoring the sleeve of a football team yeah uh, I can understand that and yeah. there's some very detailed news articles out there for people to read i don't think it's my place to really comment on it um i don't think i can i have got uh very good friends in south africa i spent some time there playing rugby um it's a beautiful country um when i speak to my friend from south africa i end up talking like that for like five whole days mm-hmm. um and i can't quite shake it it does my nut um but yeah i i <sighs> I've got nothing but love for the place and I don't know enough to understand fully why people are so pissed so I don't want to comment on it if that makes, makes sense, sense to me, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that is something for everyone to look out for uh, okay we're into the final two uh, Ryan Miller says seeing as you are both such wonderful people I have two questions jackass number one how do you rate the January transfer window for Spurs potential more game time for Spence and White is White, oh, Harvey White, White. Yeah. great. Would you have been nice to? Would have been nice to bring in a centre back. And number two, can you tell us a bit more about the young striker we bought from Chelsea? Okay, um, do you want to take the first one? How do you rate the window? Ah, we did what we set out to do in the two positions the club wanted to decide. Yeah, and we've signed decent options. Like I've never seen Poro play apart from against us. Yeah. So uh, my. My whole thing... He tore us a new one twice. Yeah, exactly. But my whole stance on him is very kind of neutral. Let's see how he plays in this system. I don't know enough about yeah. him to to do it. I've got a friend of mine do who you, signed him on feel... Football Manager a few times. He reckons he's really good. But... <laughs> do you feel jaded by the Tottenham lack of success in signing people? That when we sign people, even if every pundit, everyone in the world said, that's a cracking signing... You're still going. He's going to be shit for us. There is that niggle. There is definitely that niggle. Yeah. That like yeah, when this, when the new striker came in and scored on his debut, I'm like, well, that's his only goal for us this season. Yep. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you did say it. Yeah, you did message me that. I remember. Like, oh, what, um, what a way to waste your only goal against Preston. Oh. I don't know. It was it was alright. He totally scuffed it as well, which is funny. Um, 
okay, so yeah, so right in the window, kind of like uh, the bare minimum got done <laughs> for me. Uh, but at the same time, I do understand it was the January window, and if Poro is at a level we all hope he is, then that could be quite significant. It could really be a game changer for us. Mm-hmm. Um, the young lad we signed from from Chelsea is a player who, coming through the Chelsea academy, was very, very highly rated. Um, was banging the goals away in the the younger youth level, sort of like getting three to four a game regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he got an injury, and after he came back from injury, sort of that, that step up from the younger to the youth level, he kind of missed a bit of time, so he was a bit behind his bracket. Um, his frustration set in with Chelsea, where he was finding it hard to see a pathway to ever play for Chelsea, which I think is something that Chelsea have now got a problem with. Todd Bowley's come in and is just signing, 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 signing. Yeah, so every one of their like, oh, youth... Yeah. Yeah, so their youth players are now looking around at options. You're going to see a fair few of them wind up in Germany, I assure you. And there's some very good players there. Now, he, uh, from London, etc., and um, we gave him an option to come to us. The other club we were in for him in this in this window was Man City. So he had the choice between us and them, and he, and he picked us. Now, there were two parts of that deal which um, I found quite significant. One is it's the first transfer between us and Chelsea of any kind since they stole Frank Arneson from us and we reported him to the FA. That's how long ago that was. This is the first deal between our clubs of any kind mm. since then. Um, so clearly that's now Roman's gone. That, that's that big step for yeah. us. So clearly now Roman's gone. There are no conversations. We, we just wouldn't even speak to him. I remember when they were trying to sign Luka Modric and we were just like, no, I don't care how much you put down. Luka was like, I'll go on strike to leave. And we're going, no chance. Like We will literally sit your ass in the reserves before we sell to them. <laughs> and then he ended up going to Real Madrid. But that that's that kind of... So that's the one thing. The other thing is, he is a signing that we come in. We are not in my opinion, short of strikers in the academy. Like, Jamie Donnelly's there. Scarlet's um, out on loan, Will, he's, yeah. Scarlet's out on loan. Troy Parrott. Uh, Will Lancashire's come in as well. We signed. So, clearly, somewhere in our recruitment for the academy, we looked at it and went, we're short of strikers. But why would we address that now? Um, for me, this kid's coming in. is going to play the second half of the season in our under-21s. And then we'll go out on loan in the summer. And then I think everyone will then take an assessment of where he is and how he is and how he's doing. Yeah. Um, you, you can never tell. You know, for every top player that comes through, even with loans, it's about game time and playing. Like, because people are very critical. Oh, Troy Parrott, he's already banged them away and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's about games, learning what it is to be a professional footballer at first team level. Yep. Harry Kane never scored a lot of goals on loan. No. You know, Kane did not come back to Tottenham from all of his loans with all of us going, there he is, there's the kid, 30 goals a season incoming. It was what, Millwall, Norwich, Norwich, Leicester? Leicester, yeah. And he was never prolific at Maybe scored 10 across all the, you know. He wasn't prolific, but he learned. Yeah. He learned a hell of a lot, and when he came back, his work ethic was exceptional, and then became undeniable. You had to put him in. Now that is what you look for. You look for the players to go out to learn what that is, and then when they come back, to be like, "I want to be playing in that first team." 
Like I, you know, I don't want to go back to youth football. Like I've experienced first team football, and I am ready for this level. And you'd be amazed the difference a player can look at with higher quality around them. You know, so people don't get hung up on stats. Don't get hung up on like, oh, Parrots played this many and only scored this, or you know, different players. Oh, they've only done this and done that. Focus on the game time they're getting. Focus on the kind of the what fans are saying. Dane Scarlett, Portsmouth. I keep reading, well, he's obviously not good enough. He's not making their team anymore. Go to the fan comments who are raving about him. Kid's phenomenal. Kid's brilliant. Can use both feet. Use his head. The fans are the ones who watch the games. Yep. Coaches come and go. The coaches change there and is obviously trying a different system. And the coaches only also, just changed there. Like, literally, they've only just changed it manager. Has, yeah. It was, uh, my old PE teacher is out and a new guy is in. Yeah, your old PE teacher. Can I still point out, out I have been coached by the same guy as Dane Scarlett. Just throwing that out there. There you there go. go. There you go. So the last one is Lee Ryder, who says, The club's lack of transparency in the upcoming accounts and who gets what from non-match day events. Um, I guess you just want me to comment on that. I, there isn't a lack of transparency. That They are going to be published. Um, the club normally issue a bit of a statement to go along it, but they have to publish it in full. It's the law. So people who are smarter than me will go through it with a fine tooth comb. Now, if you are interested in the financial side of football, there is an account on Twitter called Swiss Ramble. S-W-I-S-S-R-A-M-B-L-E. Just search that. He does a breakdown, and as every club in the Premier League release their accounts and some of the biggest clubs around the world, he goes into a level of detail, which is phenomenal. And, I mean, I've got a financial services background, and I can read through accounts, and I can look at stuff, and I can pick things out. This guy always spots more than I ever do. So I just let the guy do his thing. <laughs> yeah. So if you're really interested in that side of, side of it, take it as soon as you hear that they're released follow that guy on twitter and one you know when the account and once he's gone through them he'll do a series of tweets just breaking it all down even with graphics and graphs and stuff it's wonderful uh but yeah it's, it's something to keep an eye out on um mate that's it we're done yeah, all the questions we've answered everyone you know, that, that's, God, that is like an entire podcast podcast of questions it is it is. It really is. And some really is. good ones, it, to be fair. Some very good ones. Well, it kind of covered everything, I think. I, I don't think there's anything left to say, which I'm delighted with, because I'm very tired now. Yeah. But um, it, all it gives me a chance to say is a big thank you to everybody for continuing to listen. Uh, we will be back next week to talk uh, the terrible, shocking victory over Man City, which hands Arsenal the title, or the well-planned defeat to Man City, which keeps Man City right up there against them. Either it's, way, I'm happy. It's an awful, <laughs> awful situation, isn't it? Like, a, can, you, can you imagine, as uh, a Spurs again. fan, wanting to... It's the second time in a month that we've got into yeah. a match going, oh, just lose. Please just yeah, don't just be lose. embarrassing. Just, like one nil, yeah, two just, one. Just, that's just field, just field the under 18s reserves, and we'll go. Oh, were we supposed to try in every game? Oh no! Just like everyone did to let Leicester win the title, just bend over. What I don't want to see happen is us yeah. to take a two nil lead at the end of the first half. Uh, Get yeah. given that hope of oh, we've turned the corner. Here we, go, and then lose four two because that, yeah, that was. Um, that's painful to watch. Yeah.
Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> a big thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, we will be back next week to discuss more. Until then, everyone, you will take care. See you later and come on, you Spurs. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.